All right, if you're taking notes out, we're going to finish up our study from last week. So if you have your last week notes, maybe you can take those out. And then also there's an insert in the prayer sheet tonight with additional um, information we're going to cover tonight also. Uh, I told you we're going to start another Bible Institute probably in the next quarter, probably the very last Wednesday night in October, we'll start another Bible Institute. What I'm going to do is um, either next week or the week following revival, I'm going to ha pass out a little sheet of paper on Wednesday night to so some ideas from you on what topics you'd like for us to do a study on. And we're going to, it's like a six week, six to eight weeks Bible, uh, Bible Institute. And maybe there's some topic, some subject, some book of the Bible you always want to know. So you can give that some thought and on that sheet of paper you can write those down. We can't promise we'll do that. But we'll try to choose from among the subjects that is presented by our people here of our next summer Bible Institute classes. So keep that, keep that in mind. Um, all right, we're going to do a little review from last week and then take up what we left off. And then also I've got a little special gift for you I'm going to give out tonight also. So anyway, we're talking about uh, my Bible Institute class was on the whole armor of God. And we studied each piece of the armor, and it concluded with this verse here. It says, uh, talking about the discipline of a soldier, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, many people refer to prayer as one of the weapons of warfare, and I don't want to take away from the power of prayer. Prayer is very important, but it does not refer to the prayer as a weapon. The, it talks about the armor of God. All the pieces of the armor of God are defensive except for one, and that's the word of God. That's, a, that's the sword of the Spirit. And then it goes on to say, concludes here, praying always. So these are the disciplines of a soldier, not necessarily the weapon of a soldier or the armor of a soldier, but the discipline, something a Christian soldier should do on a regular basis. So we'll look at this tonight. So what are the disciplines of the Christian soldier? There are two of them mentioned here. The first one we looked at last week. The first one is to pray. This is a review from last week. The first discipline of a soldier is to pray. Praying, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's how the whole arm of God concludes itself. Two important truths about praying. Hope you write these down or from last week. The soldier is to always pray. How often do you pray? I have found uh, many Christians pray only when they have problems. When they go to a difficult time, they pray. Nothing wrong with doing that, but that should not be your only time you pray. Let me ask you a question. Do you seem to pray more when you go through problems? I find I do. <laughs> that I, the, the problem I have constantly puts my mind on the Lord and crying out to Him. But it should not be the only time we pray. Uh, notice here it talks about this always praying. It says in Luke 18:1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to what? Always pray and not faint. Another verse on this, Colossians 1:3, Give thanks to the Lord and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying what? Always for you. So that's something we should all uh, do all the time. So he says that the soldiers to pray, it says here also with all prayer. What does that mean, all prayer? And basically, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying with all prayer means all types, all kinds of prayer. Remember, there's six of them. I want to go through them quickly again as review. And then we'll uh, 
take up where we left off. What are the different types of prayer? The first one we looked at last week was supplication. Remember, supplication is petitioning God for your own needs. The, uh, part of your prayer list that you have ought to be for personal needs, things in your own life. And I have found many Christians, that's all they pray for. <laughs> and so, and nothing wrong with praying for that. should not be all that you pray for. But yes, include your personal needs, things I find that I have a lot of needs in my life, things that I ought to be doing, things ought to be changing, things ought to be working on in my personal life, so I try to pray for those. It says, give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my what? Supplications. These are needs I have, Lord. Daniel 6 said, these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. So Daniel prayed for himself. The next one is worship. We looked at that last week, giving praise and adoration to God for his character. And that's something we ought to do on a regular basis. That ought to be part of our prayer, not only praying for our personal needs, but worshiping God, giving praise. How many believe that God is worthy of praise and our adoration for what he's done for us? Here in Psalm 100, it talks about this. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is what? is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth for all generation. So here's David praising God, worshiping him, for he is so good to us. The next one. Again, we're going through these quickly because we covered them last week. Intercession. Intercession is petitioning God on behalf of others. How many of you pray for others? Probably if you're a parent, you include your kids in, in, in your prayer list, and that's intercession in their behalf. And here it talks about the Holy Spirit praying for us. In Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for who? Us. Isn't it wonderful to think the Spirit of God prays for us? Amen. To bring my name before the God of heaven, that just thrills my soul. And he does the same for you. The next type of prayer is thanksgiving. Expressing gratitude for what God has done. That our prayer ought to have be full of thanksgiving. And here in Psalm 95 verse 2. It says let us come before his presence with what? Thanksgiving. When you come in the presence of God. Come with gratefulness. And make a joyful noise unto him. And it was Psalms. For the Lord is good. He's a great king above all gods. So part of your prayer life ought to include. Giving thanks to God. And the next one. Confession. Is acknowledging and confessing your sin to God. How many times do you do that? I think I shared with you last week. If there's any verse, if you could wear out a verse, 1 John 1, 9, I'd wear it out. It said, if we confess our sin, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us. So I confess, you claim that promise all the time. But you can't wear out the blood of Christ. Amen? Amen. And the blood of Christ continues to wash us from all sin. But this ought to be part of your prayer life confession. David said in Psalm 32, he said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So he talks about not hiding his sin, but acknowledging it and confessing it before the God of heaven. Your prayer life ought to include confession. And lastly, of these six things, is one thing we ought to do, probably not too many people include this, is holding God to his word. Holding God to his word. Claiming and asking God to fulfill his promises. There's nothing wrong when you find a promise in the Bible. 
to claim that promise and hold God to it. David did that in Psalms. Solomon did that in 1 Kings. He said, therefore, now, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David, my father, that thou hast promised him, saying, there shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel. So here's Solomon claiming a promise, a promise God made to David. and said, Lord, keep that promise. And so he's holding God to his word. Let me give you some promises we can claim in our prayer life. First of all, uh, we can pray God's promise to supply our needs. Aren't you grateful for that? Uh, in my, my wife and I are talking today that how the grocery bill gets greater and greater every time she goes to the grocery store. And just more and more, and sometimes she, my wife does a good job budgeting money, and we've had to budget more money for groceries because the money we have did not meet the need. It constantly goes up. And so we sometimes begin to think, and I'm not actually worried, but am I going to have enough one day if it keeps going up? But praise God, God's promise to what? Supply, meet our needs. Here's the verse. Many of you know this. Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, especially if you're on a fixed income. This is a great promise to claim. God promised that. You have every right to claim it. Hold him to his word. Another promise. God promised to forgive our sins. We talked about it already in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all righteousness. So God, that's a promise you can claim. So when you do sin, there's nothing wrong come before God. So Lord, you told me, you promised me if I'd confess it, you would forgive it. And then one more promise is God promised to comfort us. How many times need comfort? And I hear tonight families are going through hard times and death in the family. Nothing wrong with, for comfort. I did a funeral this past Monday of a person who used to attend our church many years ago. I hadn't been here for quite some time. But they passed away and they remembered Pastor Peterson in our church. And they came by and said, would you be willing to do a funeral for my wife? She passed away. I said, we're happy to. And of course, I claim these promises because what they need during that time is comfort. And the Bible says our God is the God of all comfort. And 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of what? All comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. So again, nothing wrong with claiming that promise. When you need comfort, my friend, there's a God in heaven who desires longs to bring that to you. All right, the second discipline, this is where we left off last week. What was the first discipline? Praying. And it says praying. And the second one is watching, is to watch. Here's that verse again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit and watching. That's the second discipline of a Christian soldier. There in tune with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So two disciplines of a Christian soldier. He is to pray, but also he's to watch. The word watching here means to be alert, to keep attentive, pay attention, to stay awake. You know, in the time of war, if a soldier does, is not alert, he's liable to die. He needs to keep his eyes open, be alert to the enemy around him. And part of our responsibility as Christian soldiers is to be watchful for spiritual attacks, things that Satan brings in our lives. So pray and watch. Uh, here's a verse for that. Many of you know, be sober and what? Be vigilant. The word sober means to be alert. Vigilant means to be awake. To watch. To watch and be awake. Why? 
because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. So God is telling us, Peter says, Christian, keep awake, keep alert, and watch. Because you have an enemy that's out, to, out for the purpose of destroying you spiritually. So God says, keep an eye open for any attack he brings in your life. Here's some spiritual admonishment in scriptures for the believer to watch. The second discipline. First of all, it says Matthew 6, 26, 41, watch and what? Pray. Here Jesus included those two disciplines. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? I think we all understand that. We have a spirit with us that's willing to do right and wants to please the Lord, but our flesh fights against that. Our flesh is weak. So what do we need to do? Watch and pray. Another verse, Mark 13, 33. Take heed. What's it say next? Watch and pray. The word take heed means listen up, pay attention. Watch and pray for you know not when the time is. Now the context here is the Lord's return. How many, how many believe the Lord's coming back soon? And one thing we should be doing is watching and praying. The time is near. Another verse admonish us in these two admonish disciplines. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men. Be strong. Why does it say to quit you like men? Someone said, because men don't quit. <laughs> quit you like men. That's like saying, uh, be ugly like an ape, because apes are ugly. <laughs> quit you like men. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Another one, Colossians 4, 2. Continue in prayer and what? Watch. The same with thanksgiving. Another one. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. They, by the way, I'm just scratching the surface of the verses that deal with these two admonitions. But it said, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So over and over again, we're told as Christians to watch and to pray. Now, here's the question. How should these disciplines be done? How should the, what are the two disciplines? To watch and what? How should we do these? I'm glad you asked. It's right there in the same verse. Look at it again. Praying, that's the first one, always with all prayer, all types of prayer, six of them. And supplication of the Spirit and watching... Thereunto with all what? Here's how the discipline should be done with perseverance and supplication with all saints. Perseverance means to persistent, to steadfastly attentive to. In other words, you should always pray and not quit. Be, persevere in your prayer life, persevere in watching. All, both of these disciplines should be done with this in mind, perseverance. Here's a good verse on this. I think I quoted already. Luke 18, 1. He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought to always pray and what? Not faint means persevere. Do not give up. Have you ever given up for praying for something? We're going to talk about the answers to prayer in just a moment and when, uh, why we should not give up. So basically, as we wrap up this part, praying and watching should be disciplines in the Christian soldier's life these are essential for victory and the battle against spiritual wickedness. So yes, put on the whole armor of God. We covered that in my class. But as you do that, include the disciplines of a soldier to pray and to watch. Armor, 
and weapons are not sufficient to win the battle. There must be strength to do the job. Our strength comes from what? Prayer. And lastly, Christian soldiers must pray and watch at all times. Watch and pray is God's secret to overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil. So this is the conclusion of our study on the whole armor of God. But now, remember the, the six kinds of prayer? Uh, can I get a couple of men to help me here? I got a little card I want to give you. Why don't you pass out to the ones on the right? You pass the ones to the left. <laughs> All right, this is uh, the six kinds of prayer that you can put in your uh, Bible to help you in your prayer life. And I'm going to cover them again, review them real quickly. And uh, so I'll make sure everybody gets one of those. If you want to look on the screen as I pass those out. Again, this just review. I want you to notice something about there. It says praying always with all prayer. means all types of prayer and supplication of spirit. And so here they are again. Supplication. Worship. Intercession. Thanksgiving. Confession. And holding God to his word. So notice the first letter of each word. What does that spell? Switch. Now, if you look on your card there, on one side it says six kinds of prayer. On the other side, it says, for power in prayer, turn on the what? Switch. That means use each one of those. And so, because each one of those uh, together there spells the word switch. So, power in your prayer, turn on the switch by, by including each one of those types of prayer in your prayer life. And so, please keep that in your Bible and use it in your prayer time so you include each one of those in your prayer life. All right. For power and prayer, turn on the switch, it says there. Now, let's talk about, so we did a study on the different kinds of prayer, the six of them. We did that already. We just concluded. Now, tonight, let's look at the essentials for effective prayer. How many want their prayers to be effective? I don't want to waste my time praying. And so God's given us uh, Essentials to be effective in our prayer life. And I hope you write these down. This is the insert that you had in your bulletin tonight, the, the prayer sheet, if you take those out and fill them out tonight. So first of all, uh, the first one is this. Get my little clicker to work here. For our prayer to be effective, it must be done as instructed in, instructed in God's word. James 5.17, I love this verse. It says the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? Availeth, availeth much. So it's talking about a prayer that's effectual and fervent. So what makes our prayer effectual means effective, that it might avail much in, the, in our lives and our, our family that we pray for. So let me give you, I think, a six of them here. First of all, we must ask. This should be going without being said. We must ask. This is essential for effective prayer. James 4, 2, we have not, why? Because we ask not. I read a little story not too long ago that basically this uh, man died. He was a believer. He went to heaven, and the angel met him at the do at gates and brought him in, uh, to the uh, heaven and took him to the mansion God prepared for him and showed him all through the mansion, all the different things, the special place God prepared just for him. As he's walking through there, he noticed there was a door over to the side that had a lock on it. 
he kind of ignored it, but he kept on walking around seeing the beautiful mansion God prepared for him. And when he got done, he said, and the angel was going to leave. So by the way, before you go, he said, what is that room over there? And the angel hesitated and said, what, what's it for? I need to know. He says, in that room is all the things God had for you. He was going to give you, but you didn't ask. And I wonder what God has for us that we has not given us because we have not asked. We have not because what? We ask not. So I love this next verse. Look what it says here. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall what? Receive that your joy might be full. And here's one of my favorite ones. Look at this verse. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we what? Ask or think. But notice here. The problem in getting prayers to answer to our prayers is sometimes we don't ask. Notice here that he is able to do above we ask. Notice the next word. He is able to do abundantly above all that we ask. Then he goes to the negative father. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. We ask or even what? Think. Someone said this. Let your expectations be as great as the one you expect them from. You got to write that down. Let your expectations be as great as the one you expect them from. How great is our God? And this verse says that he is able to do above all ask or even think. How about you? I can think some great things, can't you? And my God's able to do above all that. Exceedingly above, abundantly above all that. So my friend, don't do without something because you have not asked. Uh... I remember one time somebody told me, so Pastor, I think if I ask, I, I feel selfish. I, I just, not being selfish, God told you to ask. And so uh, ask, whatever you need, ask. For your family, for yourself, all the six kinds of prayer, ask. You have not because you ask not. So the first essential for prayer, we must ask. The second one, we must play, pray believing. We must pray believing. In Matthew 21, 22, it says this, And above all, thing, and all things, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall what? Receive. So when you pray, believe God will answer. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. That you receive them and you shall have them. So basically what he's saying here, we can ask for something and not believe it's going, we're going to get it and we won't. So include in your prayer life, when you pray, pray believing. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. So you say, what if what I'm praying for is not God's will? We'll talk about that in a few moments. But pray and when you pray and believe. Here's another verse on that. James 1, 6. Notice what it says here. But let him... Ask in what? Faith. It means in believing and trusting, believing God. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So basically, when you go to the Lord, don't waver. If you know something is God's will, pray for it, believe it. And the scripture says that you will receive it. Another essential our request should be in Jesus' name. That when you pray, you know, interesting, I hear people pray on the radio and television like that, 
And sometimes, I don't know, it, it, it kind of bothers me when they just say, Amen. And they don't include it in Jesus' name or in the Lord's name. They don't pray in his name. And yet the Bible tells you that. By the way, do you pray in Jesus' name? I tried every prayer I make. I always conclude in Jesus' name. And I'll explain to you what, what that means. In John 14, 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified. If you shall ask in my name, I will what? I will do it. There's a promise there. You can claim it. So what does it mean to ask in his name? This is equivalent to saying on my own Jesus account or on Jesus for my sake, Jesus sake. It is through the merits of Jesus Christ that we have access to God and hears our prayers. So don't think God's going to hear your prayers because of your merits. Because how wonderful and how good you are. Otherwise, when you pray in Jesus' name, you say, do it for his sake, for his merits, and for who he is. And on that account, the Lord will hear your prayers. And you pray in Jesus' name. Again, for on Jesus' account, and for his sake, through the merits of Christ, and we have access to God, and he hears our prayers. So again, say, Lord, I come to you through the merits of your son, and through who he is and what he's done, I pray in his name that you'd answer my prayers. So anything you ask in his name, you, uh, you shall receive. The next one, ask, we are to ask according to his will. We are to ask according to his will. John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to what? His will, he hears us. Now, listen, I want to strongly encourage you to be here next Wednesday night. I'm going to talk about the difference between God's perfect will and God's permissive will. How many know the difference of those? God's perfect will and God's permissive will. You don't know? Come next week. And our prayer should be always, Lord, I want your perfect will. And let me tell you what it is to start with. Focus on the next one. God's perfect will is you praying that the Lord will have his way. God's permissive will is the Lord letting you have your way. <laughs> How many realize sometimes our way is not a good way? And there are cases in the Bible where God gave men his own way. And my friend, it turned out terrible. So when you pray, you say, I always pray, Lord, this is what I think is best. This is what I want. But nevertheless, Lord, you know better than I do. I don't know everything, but you do. And I pray, I pray that if it's not your will, don't do it. But if it is your will, he says he will do it. And remember, Jesus prayed that. At the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, what? Thy will be done. The cup of judgment. Basically, Jesus, as a human, was not looking forward to the cross. He didn't want to go and suffer on the cross. No. But he said, if it be thy will, let this cup, the judgment of the cross, pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, thy will be done. And that ought to be the conclusion of all our prayers. Lord, I like this. I would like to do that, have this. I would like whatever it is. But Lord, I don't know everything. You do. And what I want may not be what's best for me. What I want may not be good for me. My wisdom says it's best for me, but your wisdom is better than mine. We'll talk more about that next week. We're going to talk about how God gave some people what they prayed for, and it was not good. So the difference between God's perfect and permissive will. But he says here, if I ask anything according to whose will? 
his will, he hears us. James 4, 2. You have not because you ask not. Why? Because you asked and received not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Sometimes we pray for our own lust, what we want, and never consider what it might do for the kingdom of God's sake. And God will not hear that. All right, let's move on because the time is slipping away fast. Number five, another essential is you must be living a righteous life. If there's sin in your life, God will not hear your prayers. You must be living a righteous life. We saw this before. The effectual fervent prayer of what kind of man? A righteous man availeth much. And here's a, Isaiah. Look what Isaiah said. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities, I know your sins, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not what? Hear. So basically, many times we pray, and the, the issue is not God. The issue is not that he can't do it. The issue is we got sin in our lives. And that's where that one part of prayer, essential, is confession. When you pray, you ought to begin your prayer life with confessing of sin. Because notice here, he says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. They will not hear. So one of the essentials for effective prayer is that I have a clean, righteous life. There's no sin in my life to hinder the God hearing me. God will not hear the prayer of a Christian who has sin in his life. The next one, number six. Oh, this is so important. We are required to forgive others. We are required to forgive others. In the Lord's Prayer, the latter part of it is mentioned in Matthew, but also Mark. But here, notice what it says here in Mark. After he talks about the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It goes on and concludes with this. When you stand praying, what's the next word say? Forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But... If you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, this is not salvation. Notice as a person who already has a relationship with God. God's his Father. It's not talking about the sinner's prayer of salvation. It's talking about one who is saved. Do you have any unforgiving spirit in your life towards someone? If someone who's hurt you tremendously and said, I can't, I will not forgive them. God will not hear your prayers. God's forgiveness of my prayers is based upon my forgiveness of, excuse me, God's forgiveness of my sin is based upon my forgiveness of other people's sin. Amen. If someone wrongs me and I refuse to forgive them, they don't deserve it, Pastor. They don't need it. By the way, do you deserve God's forgiveness? No. So if you harbor an unforgiving spirit, don't expect your prayers to be heard. So if there's something in your life you're harboring forgiveness, make that right. Forgive them. And God will forgive you. So we're required to forgive others. We could do a whole message on that one point. Another one. We should be persistent. We should be persistent. Here's two uh, parables. I'll just go a portion of it. Talking about the, being persistent in your prayers. He said, I say unto you, though, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity... It's talking about his persistence, not giving up. He will rise and give as many as he needeth. So basically, 
uh, the parable is someone may not answer your request, but because you keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking, he will. Luke 18, 1 through 5, he concludes by saying, Yet because this widow troubles me, and I will venture lest by her continual coming she weary me. In the verse that talks about asking shall receive, seeking shall find, knock shall be answered to you. Let up here, please. Those three words, ask, you shall receive, seek, you shall find, uh, and, and knock shall be able to you, are all in the continuous tense. It says ask and ask and ask. Seek and seek and seek. Knock and knock and knock. Ask and ask and ask, you shall receive. Seek and seek and seek, you shall find. Knock and knock and knock, it shall be opened to you. Sometimes we, I believe our, God's answer just falls short of our last prayer because we give up. Keep on praying. Be persistent. You say, doesn't, you say, can't God hear me? Yes, he hears you. Persistence is a way of showing your dependence upon God. We're just about done here. Another one. We need to get alone away from distractions. I don't know about you. I'm easily distracted by noise. And when I prepare for messages, when I pray, the little least noise distracts me. And I forget about what I'm praying for. And so notice here, Jesus did this. It said, Mark 135, in the morning, rising up great while it was before day, he went out and departed into a what? A solitary place and there prayed. The Lord did this. Mark 946. And when he has sent away, uh, them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. He sent his apostles away and got alone and prayed because he realized how important that is. Another verse on this, Luke 5, 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Another verse, Luke 19, 9, 18. And it came to pass as he was alone, what? Praying. And one more, Luke 22. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. So the Lord saw the importance of getting away by himself and praying. And we should do the same. And by the way, if you are a parent and you stay at home with your kids, this is hard to do. Because <laughs> they're always there. <laughs> you may need to get up before everybody else does and do this. Or do that everybody, after everybody else goes to bed. Whether you're a morning person, even a person. Sometimes with kids there, there's always noise. And with my grandkids in my house, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> there's never a quiet time. And so and sometimes you need to do it before they even come to the house because you need to pray. All right. There are three different answers to our prayers. We're going to wrap it up here. Three different answers to our prayers. What's the first one? I like the first one, by the way. And that's yes. How many like that answer? Yes. And there's yes because we've met all the essentials and fulfilled all the biblical requirements. Those six requirements, when you meet all those, the answer will always uh, be yes. The next one is no. I don't like that one. Do you? We have violated one or several of God's requirements. Sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes no. But there's another answer we don't realize. You know what it is? Wait. Wait. Sometimes wait comes across as a no. And it says the answer is not no, it's not now. Get a chance. Look up the scripture here. We're going to be done in a moment. Luke chapter 1 is talking about the parents of John the Baptist. 
And they were both serving God faithfully. They were righteous people serving God faithfully every day. And they were well stricken in years. They were senior adults and it's too old to have kids. And they've been praying for kids since they were young. God never opened the womb of Elizabeth and never opened her womb and that she'd never have a child. And now they're old and he's serving in the temple. And an angel appeared to him and says, jo uh, uh, what's his name? Zacharias, Zacharias thank you. <laughs> he says, thy prayer is heard. You're going to have a son. And I wrote outside of my Bible, what took so long? I've been praying all my life since I got married to have kids. And now I'm old. I can't have kids. And no doubt he quit. I don't know any too many too many senior adults are praying for kids. They give up. So God's answer way back when he was young and he could have children physically, the answer was not no, it was wait. So maybe you have a prayer you've been praying for over and over and over again and you gave up because you think the answer is no. God may be saying not now. It's not no, it's not now. But keep praying. All right. Let me stop there. I can cover this next week because it's time for us to quit. I'm going to give you some quotes on prayer and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you to keep on praying. But anyway, take your prayer card I gave you, put that in your Bible, and make that a part of your prayer life. And if you're not getting any answers, turn on the switch and include those six things in your prayer life, okay? Let's bow together, please. Father, thank you for prayer. Thank you that we as your children have access to the throne of grace. That we can come boldly, the Bible says, with confidence, knowing that you'll hear us. Father, help us to take these six types of prayer and make them in a part of our everyday prayer life. That when we lack answers, we don't see God do anything, may we turn on the switch and begin to see you do things in our life. Yet, Father, sometimes your answer is yes, sometimes it's no. But Lord, sometimes it means it just it's not, not no, it's not now. Lord, help us understand the difference between the no and the not now. Help us to keep on praying till we get an answer from thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.